Tribe Talk. This week kicks off the first episode of Tribe Talk featuring one of you, the listeners. If this is brand new information, sorry, friends reference there. Uh, If this is brand new information, then basically this season I'm opening up the conversation to people who may not have a big following, but who have a story to share. Over the last nine months, it has become more and more obvious that for us to thrive and live a fulfilled life, we need to connect. So my aim this is for people from all walks of life to come on, have a chat with me and share their experiences of struggle, adversity and the moments that made them. When we listen to these stories, something incredible happens. We feel seen, we feel understood And we can find a sense of hope and strength that no matter what we're going through, we aren't alone. If you're listening to this and feel like there's a part of you that wants to come on and have a chat with me for the podcast, just pop me a DM on Instagram. Just follow me at mjandrew or the podcast at Tribe Talk Podcast or pop me an email at hello at healthybalancewithemily.com. And you can find all of those links at my website, healthybalancewithemily.com, where you can still also get loads and loads of free Pilates um, classes with me. So if you're feeling a little bit stiff after lockdown, then uh, it's a good place to head on over. So let's get into it. This week, I am so happy to bring Charlie on the podcast. Charlie is an incredible young person who has faced many challenges throughout his life and shares them through his writing for Arthur's Place. Arthur's Place is an online magazine and social network for young adults with arthritis. He has written some really brilliant articles, so I definitely recommend it you to go over and have a read. I'll add some links in the show notes if you want to find out more about Arthur's Place and read Charlie's articles as well. But without further ado, here's Charlie. So welcome to Tribe Talk. Charlie, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Good. Thank you so much for taking um, some time out of your day to talk to me today. Um, I wondered if you could give our listeners a little bit of info about you and about the work that you do. So yeah, I'm uh, Charlie. I do a lot of things really. So I I work for the local uh, magazine that goes out to local people. I uh, do blog for Arthur's Place and I support kind of RSF or charity stuff that I've done before. So I kind of do a lot of little things. Yeah, lots of little things. I can relate to that. I'm a bit like you. Tell me a little bit about Arthur's Place. So for people that have never heard it before, tell me a little bit about what, what it's about and why you you want to kind of why you work with it so it's a it's a young it's kind of a national organization for young people with arthritis all different kinds 
and I was diagnosed in 2016. Uh, and then my mum found our first place online on Facebook, and they were they'd already had this big blog full of young people arthritis and their different stories, and they were lacking kind of a kind of male young person perspective because it's mainly women uh young women talking so I put my name forward and I got it and it was at a time where my arthritis I was just getting used to it so I kind of did a, quite a lot of personal blogs and it's kind of been the thing of I do one when I want as my health has got better with being put on the right arthritis tablet I haven't really needed to do any kind of negative bugs because everything's been fine. Mm-hmm. See, it's put in place. It's, it's won quite a lot of awards as well. So it's a big, a big website. Yeah, I think what you've what you touched on just then as well is that, I mean, women do generally talk more, don't they, about things, and um, they do share how they feel. So was that something that was natural to you to do or do you feel like um it was like a personal challenge that you needed to um to overcome in order to kind of put your feelings out there in the world I feel like it's kind of a natural thing because when I've had problems with arthritis or well the problem with arthritis or any kind of medical condition is it can have an impact of mental health so that can, can come with arthritis it can come with other uh, mental or uh, medical problems but I think naturally I'm quite open and honest so and I think as well with my writing even when I'm doing stuff for a local handy mag that goes out to residents near me the readers always prefer the more personal ones compared to the more factual ones uh, so I've, I have gained quite a lot of an audience especially when I started Arthur's Place and then I kind of did like an introductory one going through my medical issues and the arthritis is just one of many problems that I have and it really, uh, the reaction from my first blog was amazing and I did more and obviously starting off with arthritis, not on the right drug or medication so the arthritis really hurt, like couldn't go anywhere, like I had to get handrail installed upstairs just to get out of the bath because uh, it is very it's worse it's very debilitating and now as you come towards winter like as soon as a bit of cold in the air starts you I can just feel it in my bones like I can feel it that it's cold so uh, it was just a kind of a natural transition for me to talk openly and honestly and I think it's made uh, kind of a difference in terms of it coming from a uh, male's perspective because there's a lot of men that still can't kind of bottle it up but then again everybody's different with how much they want to share with the world yeah you're totally right you're totally right so so how old are you again I'm 21 you're 21 so can you do you mind telling us a little bit about your own kind of personal journey with your arthritis and you know you can share as much or as little as you like um, yeah so it came at a time when I'd been caring for my little uncle my mum me and mum had to basically visit he had a, a 
had late uh, lung disease that wasn't curable. So we were pretty much every single day for six months caring for him. And then he passed away and I kind of was starting to get applying for jobs and starting to do stuff, do some more stuff. And then bang, so it was like, I think it was less than a month after he passed that it came. So it's throughout my life, it's been kind of, there's always been moments where I think I'm going to take two steps forward. And then there's always been something medically that comes along and goes, no, we're going to go two steps back. So it's, it kind of was like the last of a lot of medical conditions I've been diagnosed with, where it's like, I'm um, applying for loads of jobs and it looks really hopeful and, and now I've got arthritis at 17. So it's like it, the, the impact was very big, but I've, I've learned to live with it, like a lot of the way me and my family got through, not only my arthritis, but a lot of other medical conditions and chronic illnesses just to get on with it and I was able to come out like now compared to when I got diagnosed I'm so much better like I, I rarely have problems when it first started like my hands I couldn't the main throughout all my life I've used kind of gaming and online chat to basically get rid of like a form of escapism Mm-hmm. And then when this came along and it affected my hands, obviously you need your hands. So it was like, it was just dreadful because I, like, I couldn't play. It was just dreadful. So it, it was really tough to get to grips with the first time. But luckily, I think, I think in less than a year, I was on the right medication, and we only had to try one drug, didn't work. Tried another one that worked, and it's been fine since I even started using a walking stick which was fine for me because it helps mm-hmm. and it kind of I've always been kind of one of them people I used to be conscious of people looking at me if I use my wheelchair whereas where I've grown over older I've got that kind of side that I don't really care what people think if they're gonna look they're gonna look and even like this year or even last year, I've gotten to a point where I, I've been able to go out and not have to take the walking stick because I've been good. So it's I mean I'm in like a really good space with my fighters. That's really good. So that takes a lot of mental resilience to be able to turn around and go, you know what, I don't care what you think. So what yeah. was that something that you had to kind of work on, or is it something that came with time? It was it was probably my uncle Clive because he was literally the personification of he couldn't really give a toss what people thought. He he didn't care that his house was scruffy, he didn't care that he like worked ninety percent on a farm and would had a bed but he'd sleep on the sofa instead. Just because he like worked from start to finish because he loved his job. Uh but he was very much he didn't care really so I think I've kind of took that from him and I think over time where with our self-providing carers and tons of fantastic male carers actually like with my blog I'm like one of the only male people on there Mm -hmm. Uh, whereas with our self we've got tons of male carers 
compared to other charities in the local area. But it's a thing of where I've spent, like, at most of my cares I've known for more than a decade. So it's kind of being able to go out and not really care. And I think it's, I don't care, so other people shouldn't care. Yeah. I think that's a brilliant attitude to have as well, because I think a lot of people can get caught up in what everyone else thinks of them. And actually, most of the time, people don't really even like take too much notice, you know. Um, so sometimes it can become a really big deal in people's heads, can't it? And and um, and that's sometimes the biggest challenge to face. Totally. I think, uh, especially I used to have to use my wheelchair when I was younger, around 10, 11. But it was the thing of, because my chronic illness is invisible and epilepsy is invisible, I kind of, it almost kind of this weird kind of guilt thing where, because I wasn't like kind of physically disabled, I was mainly using it because my legs aren't that good to walk on for long periods or my head was going because I kind of didn't have that normal stereotype of a, what a person in a wheelchair looks like. I kind of felt like the people look at me like, why are you in a wheelchair? Whereas uh, last couple of years, just I've had, had to use it last year after I had a spell of being bedbound with my illness. And thought, I'm gonna push myself and I'm gonna get out today, but I'm gonna take the wheelchair. And honestly, had a good time. Mm. Just getting out of the house was brilliant. So it's, I think for a lot of people, when they start out with other people's perceptions of you, it's, I think a lot of people probably like me grow out of it. But I do know that a lot of people do care what people think when they really shouldn't. Mm. And I think you're so right as well, talking about, you know, you might not look like somebody who would be in a wheelchair, but, you know, you know that that's something that you needed or, you know, it's, and I think the same can be said about mental health. A lot of people think, well, I don't look like the kind of person that will be dealing with a mental health illness, but actually that's not, that's not the case. There isn't a, a particular look, is there? No, it's uh, with mental health. It's everyone has it. So it's, kind of a thing of just dealing with it and I mean uh, I think it's 2015 was my last kind of oh I had a problem with uh, my stomach and I was still at secondary school but it the problem with my stomach would mean that I'd be like awake to the early hours and I was always conscious when I was still I'm now where I am now kind of like a downstairs almost independent flat attached to my mum and dad's house that we got done so I've got my own independent area but before I was upstairs and the toilet was always right next to mum and dad's bedroom so I always felt bad because I was having these problems but at the same time I didn't want to have to keep going and waking them up so as soon as I moved down here and I've got a complete full bathroom shower it's just as soon as I moved down here two years ago all of that weight just dropped just dropped because I'm not going to wake anyone up uh, but I think it's that was causing a lot of problems for me and then like feeling stressed at school about having to go and then uh, kind of had a downward spiral where I got into A-level 
and I think I did four weeks, got into four weeks of A-level and then was something like 14 weeks bed bound with my chronic illness. So that was like my lowest point, but it was actually RSF that intervened because obviously when you're surrounded by the same four walls for that length of period, that length of time, it really took its toll, but it was the carers that dragged me out. And I've been, I think because I was so honest with my carers about how I felt with depression, that it kind of, it's helped me when I've spoken about it in Arthur's place. Or I even did a little piece for a charity called Raise because they did a mental health awareness uh, week or month last year. And that was one, I struggled to write it. I was emotional while I was writing it, but the response I got was just absolutely remarkable. So I think it's kind of, I think I learned in 2015 that when I was honest with my carers, I could be honest with anyone. And I think with my writing, I, I think the things I always enjoy about writing pieces is that you can, like any kind of art or creative writing, even music, song lyrics can em emote so many different emotions. So I think always my best pieces of work are when I've dug deep. And I even did a thing of like, I, the way I did this piece last year was I went through my entire history, but I put it down into song lyrics, like each chapter. So people were able to also read the piece, but also go away and listen to the music. That's amazing. I was listening to it. Then. So, do you do you do did you do the music as well? Uh, I didn't do the music as it's just like uh, I think I had Paramore, Coldplay, and Wolf Alice just kind of cut out lyrics, but I kind of made it big on the screen because it was the older music that kind of got me out of that space and I've I use uh, my gaming and another big part music is an instant can make you feel great just one song on in the morning uh, there isn't a day goes by where I don't have music on because yeah. it just gets you up that's such I, you're so right as well if I'm ever having a bit of a crappy day but I'm I'm a bit of a musicals geek, so I will shove on some musicals and I will just sing my heart out for a little bit just to make myself feel better. Yeah. But I think Paramore and Coldplay uh, also they're up there on my playlist, so that's good. Yeah, I uh, I loved it because Paramore did an album that was about dealing with depression, but the music itself was happy. So it's kind of the ultimate position of sad lyrics happy music yeah which I thought was it really resonated with me yeah and I felt pretty much every song I could relate to on a deeply personal level yeah. which is why I love music and films can do the same thing yeah what would what would be your go-to films if you're definitely big one is tattoo because I'm a massive second family fan and I'm a big kind of darker sense of humour but also silly and I think Ted 2 has that in spades that's I've got to watch that about at least over 20 times so if I'm feeling crappy I'll just put that on uh I don't really have any others it's kind of comedies so I just go 
stupid comedies are. I'll just chip on Family Guy and that'd be good. So you mentioned talking about, you know, you don't care, you've, you've learned not to care what other people think and um, you, you've you kind of come through quite a lot of different struggles, both physical and mental. What would you say is a piece of advice or, you know, whether it be somebody showing you or telling you um, that maybe has resonated with you um, during those times? I think a uh, piece of advice would, from me to someone else would be to don't kind of deny what you're feeling, right? Because I was feeling in my darkest hour in 2015, I was thinking about brief flashes of suicide, if I'm being honest, mm -hmm. because I didn't feel like my quality of life was there. Uh, but it's just to don't deny the feeling, but don't just think of the thing that got me out of those thoughts was thinking of the reactions of people uh, and what you'd leave behind if I was to do that. But it was with me being honest to my carers and just putting everything on the table and going, this is how I'm feeling. And then my carer going, I've been there before, so I know. So it's like, you're a fantastic person, just pull yourself out. Once we get you on the right med, you'll be fine. So I think it's, no, tip number one would be just be honest with yourself, don't deny what you're feeling. Number two, if you can, if you had the courage to be honest with the people around you, or that be family, friends, carers, whatever, reach out because they, they would totally understand. And I think another thing is just stay, stay as positive as it can be because I think I've learned over my various battles with different illnesses, my epilepsy, my arthritis, it's uh, you, you'll get through the other side, but it's just the thing of, I think that's what some people would wear. Mm. So, and I think as well with my chronic illness, it means I'm in a lot of the time, regardless of ongoing stuff in the world, but it's, it's kind of as well, because I'm used to it. It's kind of been almost this year, like now everybody else in the uh, country knows exactly what my week is. Yeah. That's the kind of life of someone with a chronic illness that I don't get to go out all the time. I don't get to go to the pub. I don't get to go to the cinema. So everything that's kind of happened this year has almost been kind of like, this is what people with chronic illnesses across the UK and across the world, this is their lives. This is how limited it can be, but it can also be, it doesn't make it any less, uh, any less, Brilliant. yeah I think you are everything you've just said then I was just like nodding away like that is so everything was so spot on and I think you're you're so wise and like you're you've obviously really had to think about all of this and I think that you are 100% right. So many people don't know what it's like to live with chronic illness. I don't know what it's like to live with a chronic illness. Um, but I do know what it's been like to live in lockdown and, you know, have the same four walls. So that understanding, I guess, is, is, I, is a, I assume, a little bit refreshing for you because now, you know, the things you've been saying 
can, I'm guessing more people can kind of relate to it. Yeah, I think it's, for me, it's been kind of, not in a, I'm not saying it's a bad way, but it's been refreshing to see other people that would normally be out and about, like, because you can, you could take lockdown, but then you could imagine attaching a chronic illness where it's completely random every day. One day you wake up, you feel completely fine. Another day you wake up, you feel like hell. You just, you, your head, it feels dreadful. You don't want to get up because you feel like you'll fall over if you get up. It's like the worst, the worst headache you could have. It's almost as a brilliant description I got from my mum found on Facebook years and years ago. There's an American man that had a chronic illness and he described it as his head feeling like a fishbowl. So it's like the water swing. That's kind of the feeling. So I think this year it's kind of, for me, and I think for other people, chronic illnesses, it's, it's kind of been kind of refreshing to see other people have to go through the same stuff of you've stuck in four walls, you can only do so much, you can't go out. And if you have to go out, you have to prepare a lot of stuff just to go out. It's like, if I want to go out, I have to prepare, have I got my meds with me? Have I got emergency meds in case I have a seizure? Have I got a water bottle? Because I need to stay hydrated. If I don't drink enough, my head's going to go bad. So it's like, even all the precautions people are taking are the same precautions I have to think of before going out. So I think for me, it's, it's been yeah, refreshing to see how other people have coped with it. And I think for me, having already been used to it, it's when stuff has come into place like lockdown, my mental health hasn't been knocked because I've already had at least a decade of it. Mm. So uh, I've been, I'm prepared for any further lockdowns because I'm just used to it. And I think once this period is over that I think a lot of people will have a better understanding of what it's like to be indoors because it's that old cabin fee we're saying of going crazy. Mm. But I think that's why your advice is so spot on because it's not necessarily about being positive all the time. You know, you need to acknowledge those feelings that you have of, you know, if you're having a bad day or if you're feeling low or if you're feeling angry or frustrated, but it's about being able to stop those thoughts and redirect them into a more positive way. So it's like you said, it's not about, you know, my life is great having this, this kind of almost toxic positivity um, where you're just skipping around the world, but uh, it's, it's about being able to, you know, acknowledge the, the stuff that doesn't always feel good, but then be able to deal with it in a, in a better way. Isn't it? Totally. I think it's uh... I know it's, it's going to be a weird analogy, but I know like a lot of one of the things that's kept me going is the fact that obviously sports like football and Formula One have been able to continue with uh, guidelines in place. But I think as well, when there's been stuff before happening in the world, we've always had a kind of, if you're a sports fan, there's always been a distraction at the weekend. So I think even now when escapism, Whereas now it's back on and doing, doing regular testing and everything. It gives you something to look forward to than just, oh, because it, it literally as well, it, if you're living in the f- same walls, like 
you can be totally fine and have a low day because that's just your body having a low day and I'm in public like places to speak up about mental health kind of need to because I don't think enough people talk about it particularly male people because it does affect kind of whereas men have been kind of expected to be strong and be provide the money and provide people for, or asked about going on Arthur's place I thought it would be good for other people to see uh, a man's point of view that is going through the same could have the exact same uh, arthritis as someone else on there so I do think it's a thing of just take the positives there's going to be low days because I think that's just life in general you can just wake up you can wake up you can feel great or you can wake up and you can feel bad but I think it's just natural and I think the more people kind of the analogy I was going to say is that a lot of footballers or sports people say when they've had like a row of bad results they will take that and try and transform it into uh, energy to, so when they're back on form they've used it to get through and I know that like Lewis Hamilton F1 six time world champion now about to be seven world champion he still says that he treats every single race like the first one and you can you can take that and you can treat every single day like it's your first one you can treat every single day like it's your last one and I think it's a thing that people with severe illnesses often more not end up living each day as if it's the last, which I think when we see that on stand-up to cancer or stuff like that is a thing that maybe we don't have to keep that attitude for illnesses. Maybe we can use that every day. I know that uh, Chris Martin from Coldplay does a thing every single day He'll get up, he'll sit at his table and he'll just write down whatever thoughts he's got in his head, good or bad, for 12 minutes. Just move on. Just everything is out of my head for 12 minutes. That's it. This is today. Get on with it. Yeah, just in the morning. <laughs> like I find when I wake up, it takes me, like I'm just a zombie. Mm. Uh, so I need to, I need a good 20 minutes before I can even process what's yeah. going on. It's just like, Get that coffee in me. Get that coffee <laughs> in me. You know, we've kind of already said about your advice to people, which I think is so spot on. And I think that the work that you do is so vital because you're so right in terms of, you know, men don't talk as much because, I mean, you've only got to look at the phrase man up and there it is, you know. Mm. Um, but the, the reality of it is, is that a lot of men do struggle with mental health and the male suicide rate is horrific. Um, yeah. So more like people like you who are stepping out and talking about how you feel and raising awareness for things are exactly what we need in this world. So thank you for you just being you and, and putting yourself out there and writing about your experiences to, to help other people. Yeah, I mean, I've... I think as well, like, social media can often be kind of uh, seen as, oh, it's really negative. But one of the things that keeps me going each day is 
I've got a group of friends that I met online through a film group and we basically made a much smaller group, 50 people. And we've been in this group for two years now and we managed to meet up just before March, our second meetup in real life. But we, it's a thing of we got quality over quantity. And my mum and dad went with me to this meeting, the first meetup we had in York. And my mum and dad came out of it and they were like, if you were to just look on to all these different people of different age groups, different personalities, you would never say we fit together. But literally every morning, the first thing I check is what's going on in the film group because we've become like best friends always, like a little kind of tight-knit family. We know what each other likes and dislikes and we haven't had any problems. So it's a kind of, when I did my mental health piece, uh, uh, last year and a lot of my friends from the film group saw it they were made because I'm always kind of I'm generally kind of upbeat so I put plenty of jokes in there but I'm always upbeat so when they've read and seen what I've gone through they've just gone wow I never I never realised because I've I think I've got on one side I was bad at hiding it but on the I've gotten rid of hiding it. Like, I'll just tell mum if I'm feeling down, tell mum or dad or care. But I think it's, my personality has always been kind of generous and upbeat. And I think that's why when I went through that tough period in 2015 and then my family have read about it five years later online, they've gone, I never even noticed. It's like, because I'm always happy because I've always got a smile on my face. And because I was good at hiding it, so I kind of think about I wouldn't have known. And I think that bits of advice is don't hide it because I've got a thing with my autism where I just have an automatic response. So if mum says, how are you feeling today? I'll just go fine. It's like in my brain just to do it. But I've learned not to do that because it isn't helpful. So I'd say like the last piece of advice is just the, don't hide it. Just if you if you're feeling bad, you're feeling bad. Just say it. And I think in our household we've we've made it so it's just open. If you want to talk to me, talk to me. Yeah. Much better to get it out there than to kind of keep it in, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Well, Charlie, thank you so much for sharing a bit about you sharing about Arthur's place as well um it's so just it's been so lovely to talk to you and your advice as well has been absolutely spot on so um thank you so much for everything thank you for inviting me I loved it so there we have it I'm so thankful and so grateful for Charlie coming on sharing his story and I think that his takeaways in life are just brilliant. So thank you to him. As I said at the beginning of the episode, if you want to come on, if you want to have a chat, if you've got a story to share that you think other people will really benefit from, get in touch with me. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast, Tribe Talk Podcast. Follow me on Instagram at mjandrew and at Tribe Talk Podcast. And I will see you guys very soon. Thank you.